I've gotten from the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary, which is excellent, by the way, if you got 18 hours to spend. If you've missed episodes of it, you can watch it on uh, PBS's website, the episodes you've missed. Yeah, I don't know if they're rerunning them yet or not. I have no idea. I don't know if they are on the tube, but you can stream them. I, I know that with certainty. Um, but it's really good stuff. But one thing I'm getting out, out of that, as crazy as everything is right now, our politics and world threats and everything like that, we're not even close to the 60s. Not even close, as I, as I watch this. Yeah. Or even the 40s, for that matter. I mean, we're, we're concerned about North Korea and the various things that are going on. Last night's episode of the Vietnam show, uh, Russia had just tested their atomic bomb. This is 1946, uh, 48, in the 40s. Russia had just tested their atomic bomb to show that they're uh, an atomic power also just like us. And a week later, China gets thrown over by Mao and becomes a communist country. Wow. I mean, how would you have not thought, holy cow, communism is absolutely fully on the march and going to take over the world? China! It it tried like crazy and was, was highly successful. I think I mean, Ken, not completely successful, obviously. But I, I, think, I think Ken Burns is doing a great job of laying the groundwork of this is why people thought it was a good idea to get so invested in Vietnam. Because often now people look, it was clearly a mistake. Only an idiot would have done that. There were a couple of things, a couple of projects, and we talked to Ken, and it became infinitely clear he was, he was really left. He was adamantly left on some issues, politically speaking, which is fine. He gets to be, but I thought, okay... So the great Ken Burns is is absolutely a lefty. His um all the interviews I've seen, everything I've heard him say about Vietnam, I have found to be tremendously, uh, uh you know, just intentionally responsible and smart and balanced and respectful. He he is is uh, restored my faith in him as a thinker. Um, I'll still disagree with him from time to time, but. He has an extremely nuanced and fair-minded view of Vietnam and everything that happened. Well, like I, I said, mean, the, the classic dumb response is it was a complete waste and it was a nightmare and we never should have been there and they lied to the people and blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it, all of that stuff is true. It's also true that the communist world realized these people are crazy. They will do anything to stop the march of communism. Look what they will do. Um, and it changed history. I'm not saying it was the right thing or done in the right way. It definitely wasn't done in the right way. There's, oh, there's, oh, no. The, but, but it's beyond question. He also lays out very well uh, the other side of it is, how could we not look at the French experience and learn anything from that? We right. then did exactly the same thing they did and, and got our asses kicked in exactly the same ways. Yeah. Even if we killed more people. I mean, whoop de do. Uh, the one thing I heard, he did an interview, Ken Burns and his partner, whose name I can never remember because I'm sexist. Um, can somebody look that up? Yeah, I had mean, it the, earlier. the woman's a uh, genius. She really she deserves... She had no name because she girl. All right, Borat. So, um, <laughs> but he was playing, and I'm sure we could get hold of this if we looked hard enough. Uh, Lynn Novick. Lynn Novick. That's right. Lynn Novick. Lynn Novick. Probably gets his coffee and sandwiches. Oh, Lord. You know, While folks, he's working I, on the documentaries. I am so sorry. Can you freshen up this drink for me? I mean, there, if you hate a listening on the to stove it, or something, <laughs> you hate listening to it. Imagine what it's like working with it. Anyway, uh, so uh, Burns and Novick, they they played uh, as part of their interview this morning, tape of Lyndon Johnson in a private telephone call, which has been preserved for history, in which he is saying, and and uh, we can probably come up with this, uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, phone call Vietnam. See if you can find it. He's talking about. I don't know what we're doing there. I don't see how we can win this. What are we sending these boys in there to do? 
what, how can we keep sending these boys to fight when I don't know what we're doing? I don't know. What are we trying to accomplish? And it was, it, it was gut-wrenching, A, to hear him struggling with it, and, and B, to think, well, he decided, I don't know, so I'll keep sending boys in there. And by nineteen to halt the, the march of communism. By nineteen sixty eight, we had a half a million soldiers in Vietnam, right? Which is a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, we were losing something like a hundred a week, yeah. dying a week. Yeah, which is just amazing by today's standards. Uh, well, by any standards, but I mean, we 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 wouldn't stomach it now. In in brutal close quarters combat. Yeah. In, in the main. The worst sort of warfare. I wasn't planning on getting all serious here, but since we brought it up. The, the, the other thing I get from the Vietnam, and this is a lesson that we got to learn about Afghanistan. It's what a lot of the Civil War had. People do not like foreign invaders in their a- area. At that point, all politics goes out the window. I'm not fighting you because you want slavery or I'm against... I don't even know anything about slavery. You're here. This is my spot. I'm going to effing kill you. Right. That's the. That's almost... Don't you come here with your gun. That's yeah. almost every soldier in the South during the Civil War. That's the people of Afghanistan right now. It's the Vietnamese at the time. They do not like other people messing with their business. That's just human nature. So you're okay with slavery. That's and the what pe- you're saying. And you're the flying people, a Confederate flag? And the people at the very top are trying to, are working these very complicated political angles. I don't care about any of that. Some other dude's in my backyard. Get him the F out of here. Hmm. And that I don't know why the world can't learn that lesson. Uh, we have the tape of that uh, LBJ. Yeah, let's play that. I'll tell you, the more I just stayed awake last night thinking about this thing, the more I think of it, I don't know what in the hell. Uh, it looks like me, we're getting into another Korea. It just worries the hell out of me. I don't see what we can ever hope to get out of there with once we're committed. Once I believe the Chinese communists coming into it. I don't think that we can fight them 10,000 miles away from home and ever get anywhere on uh, in that area. I don't think it's worth fighting for, and I don't think we can get out. And it's just the biggest damn mess. It I is. Saw. It's an awful mess. And we just got to think about. Uh, I look at this sergeant of mine this morning. Got six little old kids over there, and he's getting out my things and bringing me in my night reading and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought about ordering or those kids in there. there. And what in the hell am I ordering him out there for? One what, thing what the that hell is Vietnam me. worth to me? What is Laos worth to me? What is it worth to this country? Now we have to now get we got a treaty, but still, we got a treaty, but hell, uh, everybody else got a treaty out there, and they're not doing anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, if you start running the communists, they may just chase you right into your own kitchen. Yeah. That's the trouble. That was in 1964. Boy, that is really interesting. Boy, that would age you, wouldn't it? Well, LBJ said, I don't want to be president anymore, you know, at the end of his first full term. That would age you, having to make those decisions. I'll bet Trump's having similar uh, conversations with a lot fewer deaths than, you know, and and commitments about Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. God, this is a mess. I can't imagine this ever turning out okay. Well, we can't leave. We can't leave. Stain is doing no good. What the hell? Um, and then that, that stuff at the end about the treaties, how interesting is that? Oh, we have a treaty. We're supposed to defend them. So is everybody else and they're not doing anything. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, if you have a responsible superpower, everybody else can be a, a gutless, uh, you know, a treaty violator. Because they, they, the birds don't come home to roost because the United States comes along and shoes them away. 
So, you know, every other country on on Earth can, you know, fail to live up to their obligations because they know, well, yeah, we, we, we didn't, we should have, but everything ended up okay. We're the great everything ended up okay for the last, you know, 80 years. You know, with all the mistakes that we've certainly made as a country, every country does. Uh, they have had that luxury. So I'm sure that whoever he was talking to, was that? Do we know who that was? Was that Dean Rosker, one of those uh, foreign policy guys back in the 60s? I'm sure he said to him, yeah, but we we can't be Belgium I, I, or the United States. I much more enjoy the LBJ conversation about his pants and the zipper and his... Is well, NS. His, his tailoring needs. Do we have? Well, she was leaving about an inch from the where the zipper ends, uh, round uh, under my back to my bunghole. There you go. Now that's, that's a little uh, lighter fare. The president of the United States talking to his tailor about his pH, yeah, and his zipper and where it ought to be on his pants, right? And, and then burping in the middle. You need a little room to move. <laughs> it's not I presidential. Need, I disavow that. <laughs> I need some. I need some room to uh, maneuver in Vietnam, sir. No, I mean my my pants, my pH. <laughs> you know my my, my what, I almost said twig and berries, but they he wouldn't mentions say that his, in, he mentions his NS in the other conversation. That's true. Where my NS hangs. Hmm. I got need room for my keys and my knife, is what he said. He keeps his keys uh, next to his NS? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm glad that was preserved for history. Yeah. That particular phone call. Kidding. Historians still studying that phone call. Too heavy. Maybe we need more celebrities and their favorite candle scents or something. Oh, I don't know. Do you still have that? <laughs> I got the old Sanctuary State stuff. Ooh. That's pretty heavy, too. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's not exactly. I don't know. Having fun. We got Jerry Brown talking about his nutsack anywhere? Oh, easy. Take a look. Easy. What? Easy. The acronyms, please. Wow. These are tough times. Time for tough talk. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Came out that Kevin Durant apparently uses a second Twitter handle to argue with fans. <laughs> yeah, he has a secret Twitter account. Then Ted Cruz said, "You can do that." You go, no, no, you can't do that. Poor Ted Cruz. They they made that jokes. Whole porn thing. Made yeah. jokes at the Emmys the other night. That is such a nothing. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I, I guess. Uh, anyway, that's kind of interesting. So Kevin Durant has a, a, a another Twitter. He's got his official Twitter account. Then he's got another one under a different name. And then he like gets into sports talk arguments with people about various things. How'd that get uh, disclosed? Uh, because he did not properly switch. So there are tweets of him engaging in a kind of fan-to-fan conversation saying, Oh, come on, man. You saw who they tried to play Kevin Durant with? He couldn't win a championship with those guys. So he's referencing himself in the third person like he would be if he was tweeting from a separate account. But what, so Kevin Durant on his own account? Yeah. So on on the Twitter, so if he's you, bad at it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a similar way. I think it was Bill O'Reilly kind of got caught in a same in a similar thing, um, where if you have multiple accounts on Twitter, you can toggle between them. Right. And so he uh, he failed to toggle. Just like to, just like yeah. we've all done on our text lines. You're having a conversation with a coworker and your wife, and then you. Right, you you go to text and you think you're still on the yeah, We've or worse that. yet, like two coworkers. Yeah, I'm texting with Sean and Jack, and accidentally text to Jack. Jack's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. if you live the wife girlfriend lifestyle, oh my, which I've heard I people do not, sir. No, that, I I can't imagine how anybody could live that way. Maybe I'm just not cut out for it. Or One something. woman's all I can handle. Sounds like a nightmare. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Kevin Durant is a a basketball player. He was the MVP of the Gold State Warriors championship team. 
So, ah, uh, uh, yes, yeah. If you're not a big fan, so uh, my parents, uh, my beloved mother and father, uh, lived for about twelve years, I think. Beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado. They miss it. It was lovely. Sure. Uh, the cold was too much for my mom, don't you know? She's mm. got the Parkinson's. It is cold there. So they moved. But it was a lovely place to live. Or at least it used to be. They came screaming, you know, you're not going to believe this. They're like crying. It's like, what? And they're like, there's a lady taking a poop. And so I come outside. It's like, oh, dear goodness. <laughs> and so I was like, are you serious? Are you, are you really taking a poop right here in front of my kids? And she's like, yeah. Sorry. And so I thought for sure she's mortified. It was an accident. She'll go get a dog bag, come back, clean it up, you know, and never run here ever again. Um, Not the case. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a mad pooper loose in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so what exactly happened there? A lady. Um, Well, first of all, I would have lost that bet if there was somebody defecating on lawns. Almost assuredly, I would bet it was a dude. Sexism. Well, on the street. Sure, you assume women can't do certain jobs. On the street in Portland just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, boy. Mm, Tell the story again, Uncle Jack. Tell it. Broad daylight. I looked over, and it was as if I was looking at the back end of a horse, which I look at out my window every day. Uh, A female horse urinating. It was just a like a fire hose, bare-assed, <laughs> bent over on the street. It's a sick enough. But are you hinting at the fact that it was no horse? It was not a horse. No, it was a woman who oh, had no. decided to a uh, just to, to do her thing there on the street. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that was a woman. That's no lady. That's my wife. Meanwhile, yes. So yeah, so that was the the map. That was the person who actually saw it. Actually, her kids were the one who first saw it. She engaged with it. Now we have some sound clips of other uh, concerned citizens. Bottom line is, it's disgusting. It's yeah. just not a natural thing we would do in our society to <laughs> drop your trouser and Thank you for that. <laughs> relieve yourself right there Very when helpful. you know there's people around, especially. I love man on the street <laughs> yeah, interviews. Yeah. Now, we need, uh, we need a couple MOSs. That's the term in the business. So uh, go, down, go on down to the uh, local gas station. Get a couple of people on tape. Uh, I think it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> Tell you what, if that happened in my neighborhood, I'd be really surprised. It's not a normal thing people do, especially with others around. Thank you, good citizen. You're you're very right. Essing on people's lawns. That's right. We don't have a lot of that here. So I don't know it's if crap. It's, it's crap. It's crap. There's a scientist who was called at the scene. <laughs> don't know if it's correlation or causation, but just note that Colorado has legalized weed. Mm, and they go. got people pooping mm. on it. Oh, mm. Portland, too. He probably was high on the marijuanas. Oh, it's funny. I just happened to see in the New York Times, they have a, a California section, because I don't know if you're familiar with this, a sixth of the population lives in California of the United States, roughly. Um, if The headline was, if legal pot is more expensive than illegal pot, what will happen? If legal pot is more expensive than illegal pot. Right. Well, I uh, suggest you could have learned the answer to that question like the third day of your econ class. People buy the illegal stuff. Well, I mean, because there's there's next to no sanction for buying, quote unquote, illegal pot in a state where where it's it's lawful. Okay. I mean, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like when you're buying uh, loose cigarettes on the street, untaxed cigarettes in New York, for instance, or or California, for that matter. Unless you're importing a truck full, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. So there's not that big of a penalty if you get caught with illegal pot? I wouldn't think so. Okay. It, not it, a small amount. It'd be almost impossible. Once I have it, it's almost impossible to tell how I procured it. Right, that's a good point. You'd have to be yeah. busted at the transaction uh, point. Now, if you're if you're selling kilos 
of illegal pot, which is, I don't know, I'm guessing 15, 20% cheaper. Well, then, yeah, you, you, you'd be in trouble. But What's there a black market for legal stuff? Is there is in there the United like, States m- like movies like being able to to watch like pirated movies okay, pirated movies and music? But is there much more? I mean, it's not like I can get unlicensed bread somewhere, and you know, I <laughs> I, I whisper to the guy, yeah, uh, Pepe sent me. You know, just, as, <laughs> as far as I know, it's legal to have kidneys, but there is some sort of black market for kidneys. It All seems. Right. Yeah, don't drink in the hotel bar. That's my tip to you. I mean, but like uh, uh, hooch, booze. Is it just because it's so cheap? Yeah, it's so cheap. Why would I? And delicious. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be as worried about the illegal part. Is just I don't know if it's good or safe. So, well, one of the things like it's legal to make your own beer. It is illegal to make your own hooch. You you can buy those nah, kind of beer crafting ass. kits or whatever. But that's largely in part because it is very difficult to make good beer at home. It is very easy to make good potent alcohol at home. No, oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't actually care that much. Oh, speaking of illicit behavior, we got a, a number of responses to your uh, charming tale of your your boys, ages uh, five and a half and seven and a half. I was going to say, yeah, they're they're well past seven and five. So setting uh, up a bar in the house. Yeah, they opened a bar, Jack's house. Luckily, I was on the guest list. <laughs> a lot of dancing. Uh, frequent correspondent uh, Taz uh, suggests uh, Henri's for the bar's name <laughs> after your son Henry. Yeah. Yeah. I had to laugh when you reported the boys created a bar inside your home. My sisters and I fashioned a supper club out of our kitchen and dining area. The stage was our laundry alcove that had curtains that were the folding doors into the laundry room. Awesome. And uh, our microphone was a floor waxer. (laughs) Our drinks were water with orange slices for garnish. Ooh. We made cocktail tables from our counter stools. Chairs were, well, our dining table chairs. Our parents were good-natured attendees and suffered our silliness. Uh, kudos for your boys putting you on the guest list. Mm. Uh, we were good Catholics, too. Neither of our parents were cocktailers, then at least, uh, nor did they drag us to bars. We were informed quite well by the swanky 60s movies of the ring-a-ding-ding genre and its attendant <laughs> bar scenes. This is some really good writing. Um, I hope this puts your minds at ease. Mind at ease. It's possibly things they see on TV and movies, not your DNA of uh, being a dranker. Yeah, it's a combination of uh, various cartoons. Yosemite Sam going into bars. Also, Shaun the Sheep. Have you ever seen Shaun the Sheep? I was unfamiliar with it until a couple of days ago. Is that oh, from uh, from uh, the, 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 the Wallace and Gromit? He was the star of the uh, Wallace the Gromit movie. You tell me. Yeah. But Shaun the Sheep, yeah, and apparently they had a bar with hay bales or something. They don't talk in Shaun the Sheep. It's all... Nope. It's all like uh, it's all like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton stuff. My kids just love it. You must get into Wallace and Gromit. It's a must. Okay, a they're, must. They're fantastic. Oh yeah, awesome. Uh, John from Hawaii weighing in. Uh, Jack, to help discourage the kids' dalliance in the adult world of bar ownership, perhaps you and Laura should dress up as civil servants to inspect the, that the bar has all the appropriate licenses and fees up to date and paid for. They can only serve water until they get their juice license. Also, no food until they have their food handling certificates. Oh, and by the way, the room is zoned. Is the room zoned properly for this business? Remember what happened to the kids selling lemonade? Also, the hot dog vendor. If there's any money involved in this possible criminal activity, it will be confiscated and lost in the red tape. I'll try to get a wheelchair through the door. If it doesn't fit, I'll shut them down. Exactly. Sue them. 
Um, I think you should try to pick a fight with one of the other uh, customers and see what their security systems are like. <laughs> are they prepared for for the type of people that uh, that go to bars? Before I got on the guest list, they were charging a nickel every time I came in, or you could pay a quarter and come and go as often as you wanted, which I thought was pretty clever. That's good business. Uh, yeah. Wow, like yeah. a tiered cover charge. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I actually really like that. That's innovative. Yeah. The, 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 the most interesting part, though, was the... The attitude about the bar, when he would get fed up with something and say, that's it, I'm going to the bar. That's well, the DNA. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, the... Yeah. There's no cheating genetics. <laughs> hey, do your kids watch Simpsons? Uh, no, they have not seen The Simpsons. They have not. I can't wait till they're old enough for that sort of stuff. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Trump targets at the U.N. this morning, North Korea, Iran, Venezuela, and socialism. How about Rosie O'Donnell? He take a strike at her. <laughs> not this time around. Four dressing drivers in seat suits. It's part of a national experiment and a salute to the man who literally saved the world. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. That's a pretty good newscast right there. Can't imagine tuning away. I'll listen to it. Yep, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking forward to taking in the info all day long, the uh, the echo chamber about Trump's UN speech. The feeling I know how most of it's going to go, but we'll find out. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, I tell you, President Trump didn't mince words this morning during that speech to the U.N. He had a stern warning for North Korea. The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. They say that speech was drafted by Stephen Miller, the hardliner, the young firebrand, the Joker, the Midnight Toker. <laughs> Different guy. So um, some people call him a space cowboy. Some people don't. Uh, so did he well, come some up? Some people with... call him Maurice for reasons that are utterly unclear to me. But go on. <laughs> so did he come up with Rocket Man? That sounds like a Trumpism to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stephen Miller threw it in the speech allegedly. I loved it. Of course, you know, if there's a mushroom cloud over Seattle right. tomorrow, I love it less. Trump also had some pretty tough words about Iran and the Iran nuclear deal. That deal is an embarrassment to the United States, and I don't think you've heard the last of it. Trump Believe su- me. Trump suggesting he may pull the U.S. out of the international accord. And then Donald Trump turned his attention to Venezuela. We have also imposed tough, calibrated sanctions on the socialist Maduro regime in Venezuela, which has brought a once thriving nation to the brink of total collapse. The socialist dictatorship of Nicolas Maduro has inflicted terrible pain and suffering on the good people of that country. The problem in Venezuela is not that socialism has been poorly implemented, but that socialism has been faithfully implemented. Oh, From I like- the Soviet Union to Cuba to Venezuela, wherever true socialism or communism has been adopted, it has delivered anguish and devastation and failure. I liked uh, the reaction to the crowd there when he dropped that little uh, that little line. 
uh, kind of some chuckles and some mmms. Yeah. Something out of the UN. They, they actually heard something new. Right. That's, that's pretty good. Venezuela currently number 10 in oil production in the world. It ought to be a wealthy nation. And they're starving, literally starving. Yep. And Vin Scully has more. Socialism failing to work as it always does, this time in Venezuela. All right. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. Now, who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. What's the count? Anyway, (laughs) 0 2. No, no one too. All right, <laughs> got a Ford van. Got a Ford van zooming around the D.C. area last month that uh, people were looking at. It turns out that it was not self-driving after all. It was a man in a seat suit. A delightful internet prank. I think many of us have seen. Ford apparently has its reasons for using a fake seat driver. The company wants to see how people react to seeing it. So Ford says it dressed up a human in a seat suit to make it appear as though there's nobody inside the simulated self-driving Ford uh, vehicle. Ford said the seat suit allowed engineers to collect real-world reaction across miles of public roads without actually using a driverless vehicle. So this What's was the point. This was I all some sort of social experimentation. It's a YouTube prank. It was to test to make sure that people just didn't directly aim their vehicle at the driverless car when they saw one. I or, guess or, I don't know. Or right. break down crying and unable right. to function. A ghost car. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this story late last night on the BBC, and uh, and uh, I wanted to uh, mention it. I thought it was very interesting. The Soviet officer who prevented nuclear war in 1983 by not believing an alarm showing the U.S. had fired missiles has died. New York Times reported that Stanislav Petrov died in May at age 77. He was on duty as a soldier in the Soviet Air Defense Forces in September of 83 when alarms sounded that five intercontinental ballistic missiles had been launched from a U.S. base. He managed to figure out it was a false alarm and didn't tell his superiors about it since it would have led them to launch a counterattack, most likely a nuclear strike against the U.S. Wow, didn't tell his superiors. Nope. That's a bold move in Russia. Yep. Do you, do you have the date, the specific date? September 1983. That's as, got to, that's as close that as That is I can the get. month I consummated my relationship with my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. So if... Nuclear bombs had fallen and prevented that. That would have been terrible. You remember the actual date? Wow. Well, yeah, because I remember when we met. Right. And how long we were. Uh, so you, know, you going consummated out. your relationship the day you met? <laughs> My man. <laughs> Up top joke. My man. <laughs> no. No. Uh, anyway, it turns out the false alarm was caused by a satellite confusing very reflective clouds for missiles. Jeez, that could have been a world-changing situation. Yeah. Well, and a little you-know-what block. Come on now. <laughs> Soviet sea block. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall. That's, that's what communist block really stands for. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. That's a lovely note you brought to us, Marshall. Well done. This is the Steve Miller that wrote Trump's UN speech today. That's right. Huh? Been writing I'm great sure. stuff for a long time. <laughs> the pompous of love. Yeah, surprised it didn't uh, rhyme. <laughs> didn't have any woo in it either. <laughs> um, usually we peter out. Not today. We got too many good texts.
I mean, they're good. They are very funny. Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Today in New York, President Trump spoke before the United Nations General Assembly. He addressed them, yeah. There was kind of an awkward moment when Trump looked into the audience and said, how the hell did you people get into this country? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. He couldn't even get through his punchline. (laughs) That is pretty funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I don't remember why we were talking about dreams like four hours ago on the show. Oh, somebody, uh, Marshall dared use the term dreamers, and I yelled at him. Uh, but I said, oh, you had a sex dream, that's why. Yes. Yeah, you had a sex dream, and I said, I, I think that's I, two Joe sex, sex references in the uh, half hour. That's at least enough. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I I would like to have them. They're fantastic, mm-hmm. but I've, I think I've had one in my life, and uh, I just don't. I just don't. And then uh, we got, I get the I'm chased and my legs don't work dream every now and then. I have like three dreams a year anyway. I don't dream very often. Wow. And um, we got uh, several texts. The um, Oh, somebody said they have a dream where they're drowning, which must be just horrible. They That's have terrible. regularly. Yeah. The dream I'm late for a final Get exam. Get the out of your mouth. I have that sort of thing on a, every now and then. Sure. I show up to the opening out of a play. I haven't memorized any of my lines. I That one, I'm on stage with a band I've always wanted to play with. I realize I don't know any other songs. Uh, I, ha- I, don't, I haven't had that as much. Recent years. Sit down for a I test. I used to have that once a month. Sit down for a month. test and have no idea what any of the stuff is. Forgot to study. Um, those are awful. I got used to them. <laughs> uh, and we got this text um, from someone who says they've never had a dream in their life. They used to think people were just making that up. I'm 41 wow. years old, and as far as I know, I've never had a dream. I've always wondered if people are just making it up when they talk about them. Now, the generally agreed upon science uh, for my entire life is but that everybody dreams, but people don't remember them. That's what they claim, but they claim lots of, cr- almost dropped an S-bomb. They claim lots of S wow. that they changed their mind on later. Not only scientifically uninformed, but obscene. Yeah, I don't oh believe my. that. Oh my. Borderline belligerent. Um, but the, no, I don't want to miss out on these, though. So we were talking about there's a mad defecator in Colorado <sighs> who's running around defecating. It's a gal. These are a little gross, but interesting. There was an older woman who was kicked out of her local golf club for dropping a deuce on the fairway. <laughs> she was well known for urinating on the fairway, but the number two was wow. the last straw, so they wow. kicked her out of the club. At least a she member hit... of the club! Okay. At least she hit the fairway. <laughs> a ruling that is allowed if only she is using it as a commentary on her other play, <laughs> on her friend's golf swing. Right. So, hey, this, this is what your drive was. You she know what must... I think of your golf swing? She must have thought, I, I thought that came with me in a member. I have to walk all the way back to the... Oh, well, great. I'm not doing that. What are these dues for, then? Yeah, what's well, what is, what's that guy in the cart supposed to be doing? He picks that up, right? And did she drag her hiney along like a dog afterward? I mean, there are practicalities. And listen to this one. This is also gross, but interesting. <laughs> I'm going to assume these people are being honest. Can somebody text back and tell me what club? I got to know what club that is. Years ago, when I worked at a blockbuster video, we <laughs> had to clean up at least once a month after some adult who was crapping on the floor in the aisles. <laughs> Always in the documentary section. <laughs> wow. Wow. These documentary movies are no good. <laughs> There's 
They make me fall asleep. These Maybe, are not for me. They might have had that problem. Uh, it was a Seinfeld routine on his show, right, where Costanza was talking about when he's a bookstore, he has to go to the bathroom every time he's in a bookstore. Oh, yeah. I've always had that problem myself. Go to the library. I noticed it as a little kid. Drove me crazy. Wow. Loved going to the library. Didn't get to go that often. When we go, immediately I got to go to the bathroom. Really? And I still have that problem in a bookstore. I walk into a bookstore. There aren't many of them left, but I walk into a bookstore I don't know if I can hold it long enough to look at the books. Is it the smell, you well, think? George Costanza said, I don't know if it's all the books, all the reading. Is that <laughs> it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's weird. What's, that is weird. What psychological thing is happening there? I mean, I get dietary stuff, but... No. Bookstore. I walk into a library bookstore immediately. That's funny. I have no idea why. My first reaction, my immediate reaction was... It's it's a scent, the smell of all those books. Could be, but why would that make you... I don't know. I don't know. I only get those sort of things when I all of a sudden realize I'm in a situation where I can't use the bathroom, right? Like, I didn't have to, but I'm at a concert. Now I see a line. It's like, oh, man, now I got to go. Wow. That happens Power to me on suggestion. occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. said they... Sh- it's the burden of Damascus. Remember, yeah. that's yeah. the Armstrong yeah. and Getty term for... Yeah. Suddenly realizing you really need to go. Yeah, in a public area. Yeah. Uh, I cut sugar out of my diet and I started having more vivid dreams. Maybe I'll try that. Mm. Um, uh, I have dreams my teeth are falling out. Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe they are. How many teeth do you have? Wow. I don't like that. What, what, what that dream. The only recurring dream that I've had in Excuse my life. Excuse me. Sorry. Go ahead. Is, is various forms of me losing my ability to talk. It's similar to kind of the Joe's thing where I'm up on stage with a band. I don't know the things. I'll be doing some sort of presentation or I'm within a group of people and talking. And all of a sudden, I slowly start to lose my ability to talk. Everyone else is thrilled. I'm terrified. We used to have dream analysts on now and then, and it was just such crap. Remember when we used to do that? <laughs> yeah, I remember it's all made that. up. Yeah. <laughs> we try to hang with it because it seems like, you know, universally entertaining slash interesting, except for that poor fellow who has no dreams. Um, but no, it was just stupid. Well, and what it became, and 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 we had to call them out on this, is we would take calls and people would call in with their dream. And what it very quickly became is sad, sad slash old people being counseled by somebody pretending to know what they're talking about. Right. And there was a lot of that. Which is what psychics are, too. That's what psychics are, yeah. Yeah. They're either helping out or taking advantage of. Well, if you're taking money from them, you're taking advantage of. Sad slash old people. Yeah, it depends. How's the transaction go? And they come out of there happier? You right. think it's worth it? Yeah. A counselor by another name. Uh-huh. With no know. training. Different training. Gotcha. The uh, School of Hard Knocks. There you go. Let's hear our guest announcer for the day. And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> I like just, the accent. Just silly. Here's your host, Joe Getty. It made me smile, though. Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I gotta say, I am very, very grateful. Donald Trump delivered a not mind-numbing, boring speech to the UN. All too often, the speeches yep. end up being absolutely nothing. This had fire and verve. And that's something, it. exactly. Michelangelo, final thought. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. That I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the text today that said the best part of Armstrong and Getty is being reminded of our mortality <laughs> on an <laughs> ongoing basis. Yeah, that's what we Good do. Good morning, positive Sean. 
Yeah, Nancy Pelosi getting shouted down by pro-immigration protesters is just another example of the very important conversations in our country being hijacked by the dumbest 5% on either side of the argument. And all the focus is just going on what are they saying as opposed to actually addressing the issues. Reject the heckler's veto, no matter your stance on a particular issue. Jack, your final thoughts? We should have played that again. That is something. Nancy yeah. Pelosi being shouted down. Uh, I got to go with this text. I owned a gym and we used to get people doing it in the garbage cans in the tanning rooms. In the garbage can in the tanning room? Yeah. Just go to the bathroom. What Animals. Bunch of animals. People yeah. poo that much in inappropriate places? Apparently. You'd think everybody'd live a lifetime and not... That's amazing. I never have once in my life, I'm proud to say. My final thought is we have rooms for that. Yeah. <laughs> go use it. Yeah, it's a restroom. You know, in most places, they're free. And even if they're not free... Go ahead and pay whatever it costs. It's worth it. That's just, just, yeah. That shocks me. The documentary aisle. It was a moving documentary. <laughs> I can prove it. I work. Look at, a, at this. I work at a bank, and we used to have this lady who would come in and sit in the lobby for hours, and then go into the bathroom. And then time I one time I went in the bathroom, she was completely naked, washing herself in the sink. Completely naked. Thought you were going to say she walked in and said, I'd like to make a deposit. <laughs> and then did. Well, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Our contact info's there. You can email us, tweet at us, text us, whatever. Yeah, good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. He named Kim Jong-un after an Elton John song, Rocketman. <laughs> I would have gone with Tidy Dancer, but, you know, he's, I'm not the president. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.